You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me, as always, every Monday, is Mike Chappell. Mike, partner, how you doing? The sun came up today. Well, it did overcast, but I'm, I, I trust the sun came up today. It's probably back there somewhere. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd bet that it's back there somewhere. Um, today on the podcast, we are going to recap the Colts' close loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, we'll discuss takeaways from the game and uh, everything else that went on across the AFC South. But first, we got to start with the big news, and that is Carson Wentz and his ailing ankles, plural. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported not too long ago that Carson Wentz is dealing with a sprain to not one, but both of his ankles following Sunday's loss to the Rams. Uh, It's unclear at this point the severity of the injury. Further testing is being done. We we haven't seen a timetable. We don't know if it's a high ankle sprain, if it's a low ankle sprain. But, Mike, uh, talk about this injury and what it means for Wentz and the Colts. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to confirm it, and I've not been able to. I, I trust the report as much as I can. When they're dealing with sources, sometimes these guys are wrong. But th- this is something, obviously. The fact he couldn't go back in, he tried to go back in, and he was in obvious pain in, in the press conference last night. So I think best-case scenario, is gonna, he's going to miss a couple of games. And that's best case. So I just – because the, the, the problem you have is this is a guy who does need to move around. That's part of what makes him who he is. You need the mobility with his offensive line, which we'll get into. He really needs his mobility, so it's it's not good. And then and this this to compound it, and we've talked about this in the off season, is if he doesn't play, then Jacob Eason makes his first career start, and with a three game road trip against teams that won ten games last year, so it, it it's not good. It's not like you can run down to Greenwood and, and to quarterbacks RS and get a quarterback for a month. So uh, it's not good. And, again, I think best-case scenario is you're without wins for a couple of games. Uh, And if it's a little more than that, perhaps they put him on IR, which is three games. But we'll talk to Frank Reich later today and maybe get more uh, an update of what's going on. Yeah, and depending on the severity, I mean, we've seen guys miss – I think Michael Thomas is on IR for six games with his ankle – uh, surgery following ankle surgery um, for the New Orleans wide receiver. So we'll see. Definitely not good news. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. We'll be relaying the latest news on Wentz and the rest of the Colts whenever it comes out, along with analysis and takes as well. And while I'm plugging the Twitter account, might as well take the opportunity to plug um, the podcast that you're already listening to, but make sure you download and subscribe. Uh, so that you get it sent directly towards your listening device, and so you make my bosses happy with our download numbers. Uh, (laughs) Moving on, Mike, to the game recap. Colts come up short against the Rams in a disappointing 27-24 loss. No Braden Smith in this one. No Paris Campbell or Xavier Rhodes either. But Eric Fisher did make his Colts debut at left tackle, coming off an Achilles injury. Uh, I mentioned it was a disappointing loss, and the disappointment would begin on the first drive. The Colts engineer an 11-play drive that took over six minutes off of the clock. But after a first and goal at LA's one, 
Colts end up with nothing. Nada. They try three straight runs into the teeth of the defense. And then the Colts attempt a play-action pass on fourth down. Uh, They don't sell the play-action, and Wentz is sacked. Mike, I want to get your thoughts on the empty drive, uh, on the play calling. It it was just another frustrating moment for Colts. Whenever plays don't work, you're supposed to do anything else. So there's going to be criticism. I I don't mind running a couple times. What drives me crazy, though, and and it's not just this, it's Pagano did it and Tony Dungy did it in the past at times, not so much. But if, if, if it's going to be, you know, packing in for one yard, whether it's first and goal to one or third or fourth in one for a first down, I get really tired of, of, of bunching it in. How many guys can we cram into the box? Why not spread them out? You know, have a couple of receivers out wide. Get people out of the box. Get, a good running back doesn't need a ton of room to get a yard. So get some of the get some of the traffic out of the box, whether it's a couple linebackers, whatever. But it, it it seems like the mentality in the NFL too many times is our bigs can beat your bigs. Well, three straight plays that didn't happen, and and I'm sure they'll look at it and say, well, this guy missed a block and the linebacker came in or whatever. But I just wish they'd spread things out. That that's just me. I'll take that to my grave. And then on the fourth down play. Was somebody supposed to at least chip Leonard Floyd? I mean, he got a full he, he got a full run at Wentz and the, and blew the play up. So uh, and then this happened later on, which we'll get to in this. But when you have such a great drive to open it up with, and I, I didn't have a problem going for it, I just didn't like the play calls and and I I hate that bunch formation trying to get short yardage. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there, and I, I think with Floyd, he was supposed to be faked out by the play action, but, I mean, Wentz didn't sell it whatsoever. It didn't fake anybody out. They knew he was passing all the way. The sack also hurts because, you know, instead of L.A. starting at the one-yard line, you know, they got a little bit of room now, and they're starting at the at the 10, but, um, you know, L.A. got the ball, and they marched 90 yards right down the field. They never had a third down on the drive. Cooper Cup would score his first touchdown of the day after Kari Willis falls down in coverage. Seven to nothing Rams. Colts with the ball now, and they begin the drive by giving up a sack. Uh, but on third and 14, Carson Wentz shows what he could do. He heaves it down the field and finds Michael uh, Pittman uh, Jr. Under, he- under heavy pressure. Under extremely heavy pressure. Uh, finds Michael Pittman Jr. for 42 yards. Uh, that was just one of the many plays in this game where you go, well, that's something Phillip Rivers didn't give you last year. Um, not to rag on Phillip Rivers, just more speaking to how different these two quarterbacks um, played from one year to the other for the Colts. Then on 33, third and three, Carson Wentz looking for Naheem Hines. It would go off his hands. Uh, Colts settled for a 48-yard field goal, 7-3. to three. On the second play of L.A.'s ensuing drive, Matthew Stafford would overthrow Cooper Cup over the middle, picked off now by Kari Willis, and the Colts are back in business. Indy driving. They have first and goal at the Rams' 10-yard line. Michael Pittman Jr. gets him to the three, and the Colts are looking at third down. Colts attempt an inside shuffle pass to Jack Doyle. It's blown up by Aaron Donald. The pass is intercepted in maybe the ugliest play of the year for the Colts. Um, Wentz appeared to throw the ball without really even looking at it. 
Colts come up empty again and after having first and goal. Second time in the first half. Uh, Colts fans have to be sick to their stomach at this point. Mike, your thoughts on the play? Yeah, that's one where it's just supposed to go a certain way, and when you get an Aaron Donald that blows it up and gets in your backfield, I think he pushed that Davenport back in there, and, and then Jack Doyle got knocked, knocked off his route. It's one where Wynn said, as, I, as the ball's leaving his hands, he thinks it's a walk-in touchdown. And then Doyle gets knocked off his route, and there's a linebacker sitting there. So bad circumstance. But but the bottom line is two drives inside the five-yard line like that and no points. If that's the case, you're not going to win. You don't deserve to win. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, you know – it's it, it's certainly difficult. I think at that point, if that was just incomplete, the Colts probably would have kicked the field goal and we wouldn't be talking about going forward on fourth down and all that. But uh, certainly certainly difficult to get all those yards, have those good drives where the offense looks so good until they get near the goal line, and then all of a sudden they can't, can't get anything going. And I guess one of my gripes, like you said, you complain about the play calling if it doesn't work, but – can we throw the ball into the end zone instead of in front of the end zone where a guy has a chance to get tackled short? Uh, it just seems like a more efficient way to get it there. But who who am I? I guess I'm just – that's why I'm sitting here. Um, Rams with the – go ahead, Mike. No, again, it's – they just had – right now they're one of the worst teams in the league in red zone. They're three out of eight. And this is going to be a team – well, we don't know what Wentz's situation is. But this team isn't good enough to waste opportunities like that. They they just aren't. And and again, seven plays like that, and you get nothing. It, it's hard to win anyway. All they're doing is compounding things. And again, worst case, you think in that play on a shovel pass, it, it's incomplete because it gets banged around and hits the ground. And this one goes right into the guy's hands. It was sort of a omen of, of the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those how do you throw an interception on a shuffle pass type things. But when Aaron Donald's on the other side, it can make uh, even the simplest of plays be very difficult. Uh, Rams would then orchestrate a 16-play, 79-yard drive that took over eight minutes off the clock, but the Colts' defense would clamp down and force a field goal. It's 10-3 to at this point in the game. A little under two minutes left in the half, Carson Wentz would lead Indianapolis into field goal range, and Blankenship knocks it home from 46 yards out. Really, I mean, for everything that went wrong for the Colts in the first half, for the score to just be 10 to six, uh, is kind of kind of remarkable. There just goes to show how, you, you know, it, this was a game where it didn't feel like the defense played that great until you looked up at the scoreboard and saw, oh, the Rams only have 10 points at halftime. That we'll take it. We'll take it right there. Um, Going into the third quarter now, Rams get the ball to start, and they would come out hot. Cooper Cup took a three screen pass, 43 yards into Colts territory. Daryl Henderson would eventually cap off the drive in the end zone. Colts now down 17-6. to How would they respond? A three and out with Carson Wentz being sacked on third and long. But the defense would step up at this point and force a three and out of their own. Colts have the ball and they're driving again. They get down to first and goal at the nine. Can Indianapolis finally reach the end zone? Third and eight, Carson Wentz delivers a strike to Zach Paschal in the end zone, you know, throwing the ball into the end zone, and the Colts finally get the touchdown. 
Hallelujah. Jack Doyle then hauls in a successful two-point conversion attempt. And, Mike, all of a sudden it's 17-14. to 14. Colts are right back in it. And, again, like you mentioned, it felt like a two-score game they were behind. Yet, yet they, they had done just enough to kind of hang there. And that's when you really thought the momentum might be going back in the Colts' favor. And it did for a little bit, and then, again, it shifted. It did. It stayed in their favor for a little while because the Colts' defense would force another three and out. Uh, on this drive, Muhammad would sack Matthew Stafford for the Colts' only sack of the game. But Indianapolis would get, get the ball back, and the Colts couldn't do much on offense this time. They punt it back to the Rams. The Colts' defense still stepping up, forces a third straight three and out. Then the Rams fumble the punt attempt. It's recovered by the Colts in the end zone. Colts take their first lead of their game, their first lead since the first drive of the Seattle game when they kicked the field goal, in fact. It is now 21-17 to Colts. Uh, just kind of a funky play there, Mike. The snap hit a... Uh, I don't know exactly what the position is called, but the guy's back there to blunt for the, the, the punt. The, the, he, he's a, like the personal protector. Yeah, he, he's and, there and to he block sh- for the he punter. Shifted right, he shifted to his left right before the snap, and he shifted right in the in the path of the snap. It was kind of crazy. And then the punter tries to pick the ball up and do something with it. He's hit. I think Ashton Doolin recovered it in the end zone. Uh, Colts have the lead. All right, let's see. Where am I now? (laughs) I got a little excited on that one. Uh, Rams offense at this point when they come back alive by going back to Cooper Cup. Cup had a 44-yard reception before nabbing a 10-yard score for his second touchdown of the day. Rams back on top now, 24-21. Colts with the ball, they make it back down to the Rams' 17-yard line before the drive stalls. On third and five, Carson Wentz is pressured by Aaron Donald. Uh, tries to make something happen, but he can't quite escape. He's brought down awkwardly as he, you know, Carson Wentz never knows die. He, he plays to try and make something happen on every single snap. Um, tr- tried to still get the ball away and did. It was an incomplete pass, not a sack. But he's brought down in kind of a weird, twisted fashion. Uh, his ankle gets rolled up on by Aaron Donald. And Carson Wentz would not return in this game. Mike, with how much Wentz was under pressure, it's not surprising for him to get hurt like this. But this is one of those scenarios where some instances he fights for extra yards, fights and makes something happen. And then some instances it comes back to bite him uh, with the injuries. Yeah, this is, I, I guess this is one where I like to argue it a little bit, although I'd be one of the minority guys doing it about this injury-prone Carson Wentz. Yes, he's had injuries. Yes, he's missed a handful of games. and But but he, he's been under constant siege the first two games. It's been six sacks, which is like third tied for third most in the league. And there's been like 15 other hits. And he's taken so much abuse. And that's, that's on the offensive line in the pass protection. And the fact that he tries to extend plays, some of those times he's trying to extend plays is because the protection breaks down. And and I give him his, his props for not just accepting that the play's over. So I realize there's a fine line between always being injured and putting yourself in, in, in harm's way. But it, it kind of reminds me of Andrew Luck against Denver when he suffered the, was it the lacerated kidney? Uh, down by so, the goal yeah. line. and. 
that that's a football play. And you just have to make football plays. And, you know, sometimes this stuff with Wentz, it, it is his fault. And this, I, I lay this on protection and how much they, they've put him in harm's way. And it's just unfortunate that th- th- this, this bring down by Aaron Donald on an incomplete pass, it may really impact the rest of the Colts season. It really might. It might. And I've watched that play maybe 15 times. He's trying to go to Jack Doyle over the middle, and he has him, but he's also in the middle. Is Aaron Donald bearing down right in his face. Um, so easy, easy for me to say he should have made that throw when you got one of the league's best players coming down at you. Um, he tries to get away, could not. Uh, the Colts end up kicking a field goal on the drive to tie things up at 24. Uh, Wentz visibly frustrated on the sideline. I think at this point he knew he would not be returning to the game. Um, Rams now with the ball, over seven minutes left in this contest, and they take nearly five minutes off of the clock. But on third and two from Indy's 15, Darius Leonard is not fooled by the misdirection play and tackles Cooper Cup in the backfield for a five-yard loss. Um, L.A. ends up kicking a field goal to give them a 27-24 to 24 lead. All right. Jacob Eason, now's your chance. Can Eason lead the Colts on a game-winning drive in his regular season debut? Short answer is no. On second down, Eason overthrows Jack Doyle, intercepted by Jalen Ramsey, and that would do it. Um, certainly a nearly impossible in situation for Eason to come into basically cold at the end of the game, asked to uh, lead a game-winning drive against one of the NFL's best defenses. Um, but the Colts fall to 0-2 in a very close 27-24 to loss to the Rams. Um, I, we've already hit on the first takeaway up the top, Mike. That was Carson Wentz in his ankle. I, I guess the other takeaway from Carson Wentz is, other than the shuffle pass interception, I thought he played pretty well in this game. Yeah, I can take into account that uh, the the two things that the Colts really were were supposed to provide him with was a strong offensive line and a good running game, which they go hand in hand. And neither one has happened primarily because the offensive line has been just ineffective. They, they've missed a starting a, t- a starting tackle in each game, with Eric Fisher missing the first game and then Braden Smith this week. We don't know about Braden Smith. I I would take. I would be the glass half empty guy and expect Braden to not play. Uh, I thought Fisher played okay. There were probably on, on a deeper dive some plays where he wasn't good enough. Uh, Julian Davenport, I thought, had another rough game. I really did. There was a player, too, where Ryan Kelly had troubles. Now, whether that elbow is still bothering Kelly, I don't know. I thought Quentin Nelson held up really well going against Aaron Donald as much as he did. But as a group, it's just not playing well, and that's one. You know that just compounds. If uh, Jacob Eason has to play for any amount of time, how will he handle the pressure? Uh, and that that's why I've I really am losing some hope about this season where it might go if Wentz misses much time, which we should expect him to miss some time. Which we should, and um, I mean. Carson Wentz, by the way, 20 of 31 for 247 yards. He had the touchdown to Zach Paschal. He also had five carries for 37 yards, uh, just scrambling, running from his for his life sometimes out there. I'll tell you right now, Jacob Eason is not going to give you 37 yards on the ground. Um, so that, that that's certainly one of the drawbacks from going to the backup quarterback if that's what the Colts need to do. 
Um, Mike, you mentioned the offensive line struggles, and they sure did. Fisher made his return to left tackle, um, but Braden Smith smithed the game, and Fisher played just 73% of the snaps. Davenport kind of rotated in. Um, I, I'm not sure if that was a conditioning thing or what. Just didn't want Eric Fisher uh, to kind of wear himself out and maybe cause another injury with his body not quite being in football shape yet. Maybe that was the thought from the Colts. Uh, and then Davenport, I mean, he, he didn't play great, but it's got to be tough rotating from left to right tackle throughout the very same game because he manned right tackle um, when Eric Fisher was in there and then would shift over to the left when they gave Fisher a break and Matt Pryor would be on the right side. Um, but the Rams defensive line had 26 pressures on Carson Wentz, according to Pro Football Focus. In total, Wentz was hit 11 times and took three sacks although he evaded many others. Uh, on the ground, the Colts running backs averaged just 3.5 yards per rush on 21 tries. 61 or 60% of Jonathan Taylor's 52 yards came after contact, and Taylor averaged just 1.4 yards before contact, which kind of sh- goes to show how little space the offensive line was opening up for him before he was met by a defender. Um, on the season, Carson Wentz's 6.7 yards per carry averages more than double Jonathan Taylor's. Um, he's been, unfortunately for the Colts, the most effective running threat for Indianapolis thus far as the offensive line continues um, to be subpar in the 2021 season. Mike, I did think one bright spot was Michael Pittman Jr. stepped up, and he was the number one alpha wide receiver that the Colts needed him to be. He caught 8 of 12 targets for 123 yards. Five of his catches went for first downs. Three of his catches were longer than 15 yards, so it's chunk plays that the Colts are always looking for, and that's including the 42-yarder, which remains the Colts' longest play of the season. Indy's going to need Pittman Jr. to continue to step up and be the wide receiver one with Hilton out probably for at least a, another week or two, and uh, I'm not quite sure long how long Paris Campbell will be sidelined. And even beyond that, I mean, the Colts, Hilton, Hilton's within his probably his last year in Indianapolis. Maybe he'll come back for another another ride. But the Colts need somebody to step up and be their new alpha wide receiver uh, heading into the future. Here, Mike, what did you think of Pittman Jr.'s performance? Played very well, and that's what they need. He had one drop. I can't remember exactly the situation. It may have been a second or third down play. But, you know, that's going to happen. But I thought he stepped up. The The problem is right right now the the, the only wide out with touchdowns is, is Zach Paschal. You know, he, yeah. he's he, he, it, it's crazy. They always try to find guys that can do this, that, and the other. And before you know it, Zach Paschal's a guy you can depend on, which is good. But but he can't – and I don't mean it to be a knock, but, but he can't be your most consistent, your most reliable receiver because – there is limits to his game, but but we've not seen other guys step up. And part, you know, it's it, it, it's just a huge detriment when you have T. Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell. So where they go if if Paris Campbell if this is a uh, an extended injury, we'll see. Maybe again we'll get that later in the week about his status. But it it everything is conspiring against this offense now to be efficient, losing some key players, missing some key players. That's why I say this is this season is teetering only because not only but but because of the injuries and because these next three in the road 
with Tennessee, Miami, and Baltimore. It, it, it's, th- this is going to be a, a gut check time for these players and the coaches. It's going to be a tough one. Um, Mike, what did you think of the defense? I thought other than defending Cooper Cup, the defense actually held its own, played pretty solid against a high-end offense that just the week before we saw them tear up a Bears, a very good Chicago Bears defense. Um, they held them to 10 points in the first half. They forced three straight three and outs in the second half. Only got three pressures on Matthew Stafford, but Stafford, uh, on average, according to Pro Football Focus, only took 2.1 seconds to get the ball out of his hand. It's hard to get pressure on the quarterback when he's getting it out that quickly. Overall, what are your thoughts on how the defense played? I think the Rams finished with 101 yards rushing. It felt like 150. It, it just did because Henderson seemed to get away uh, more than what the stat line shows. But they are, But there's always, you want to say, yeah, they played pretty well, but. And the buts are always the, the, these glaring breakdowns. What, what was Cooper Cup, 160 yards receiving? Yeah. I think it was 8 for 160, I, I believe it was. 9 for 163 and two touchdowns. The, again, this, te- this defense is not supposed to give up the big plays, and they are. Uh, the linebackers aren't playing well. Darius Leonard, I think, had seven tackles. I think he had one in the first half. Uh, Okariki's just been, you know, so-so, nothing uh, substantial. And I, this defense has got to pick up the game because right now, fair or not, this offense is going to struggle going forward. And the defense has got to carry a heavier load. And to this point, it's it's not shown me that it can do that. So, and again, they'll have every chance. You know, the run defense, is, is it going to be tested Sunday in Nashville? I, you know, I believe so. You know it will. So, you know, they're going to have every chance. And then the Titans also have strength on the outside with Tannehill and these receivers. So, God, I'm sounding like Dr. Doom here. But uh, the defense has got to step up its game and carry more than it's carried. Well, hopefully, hopefully Xavier Rhodes can come back soon and help that defense step up, help solidify that secondary that's been a little leaky through two weeks here. Uh, you mentioned the Titans. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about the AFC South. Titans pull off a overtime comeback win in Seattle, 33-30. to Derrick Henry had 237 yards and three touchdowns on 41 touches. Just an absolute monster. I keep saying he can't keep doing this year after year, and he keeps proving me wrong. Um, maybe the Colts will be able to wrap him up, but it's going to be much easier said than done. Uh, so Titans are now 1-1 one one on the year. The division-leading Texans lost to the Browns 31-21. to Tyrod Taylor left the game with a hamstring injury. Uh, Houston plays on Thursday this week, I believe, so we'll see if Taylor can be back in time for that. Uh, Houston still remains atop the division, though, because they have the division win over Jacksonville. Speaking of Jacksonville, the Jaguars struggled to muster up any kind of offense against the Broncos in a 23-13 loss. Trevor Lawrence was 14-33 of for 118 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Um, Certainly a tough start for the rookie quarterback, but you know what? He's got a lot of football left to play, so we'll see how he develops as the season and as his career goes on. Colts now gear up for a three-game road trip. We'll be back Thursday to preview the first game in that road trip, which is their matchup with the division rival 
Tennessee Titans. So for Mike Chappell, I'm Joe Hopkins. Thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for us today. And you stay golden out there, Colts fans. <laughs>